Ladies and gentlemen, Owen Coyles and Kevin Doyles, welcome to the Thamesman. Welcome back, folks. It's another episode of The Thamesman, and with me today I've got Andy, as always. Hello there. I've got John with me. Hello. And to provide us with a view from up north, we've got we've got Graham on the pod. Hello. You'll, you'll remember Graham from such pods as that one that we did a year or so ago. <laughs> that one we did a year or so ago when he slagged off League One teams. Yeah, he did, didn't he? <laughs> Laid right into them. Unbelievable. Well, what we're going to try and do this time, uh, Andy, is I'm going to try and add a little bit of organisation. I know it's ridiculous. Um, Don't mind this. Try and add a little bit of organisation. So we're going to have some some features. I'll put that in inverted commas. I'm throwing up the inverted commas because, you know, take it, take it loosely. It's still going to be just us talking nonsense. Uh, but we're going to start off today um, with a feature which I couldn't think of a name for. So I've called it sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. And this week's is uh, I wanted to talk about a new and exciting league that I'm sure we are all very, very pumped for. The Euro- I'm looking up the name because I couldn't even remember it. The Europa Conference League. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is the third tier of European football, as if we needed any more than one tier. Uh, so now we have a third tier of European football. And I don't really... I, oh, I read that apparently it's something like 100 and... 115 games have to be played in order to complete this bloody tournament. It's a full like group stage and knockout thing, and it appears to be made up of clubs that have won shit house lower level cup tournaments. And and so it's it, I mean again I, you know it, it's not clear yet exactly how it's going to work, but the headlines seem to be that that league cup winners, EFL cup winners um, in in England will be dumped into this tournament rather than uh, rather than into the Europa League. Um, mm. Interestingly, though, um, I'm fairly sure that the domestic leagues get to determine how they share out their European places. Okay. Um, but the but the thing is, is that UEFA will turn around and say, well, if you if you don't put your shit League Cup winners into this division we'll just reduce the number of european places you guys get we'll reduce the number of champions league places you get mm. and so the fa will be feel under a barrel by the over a barrel rather from the premier league teams so they'll just they'll count out to whatever uefa tell them to do uh they're thus rendering the fa even more fucking useless <laughs> but I don't, I don't think any of the major leagues in europe anyway have a second cup competition like uh like the english league does I'd, so I'd, maybe it's just, maybe it's just for the. Uh, I, I think the French do. I think the French have one. Yeah, I, I, one. didn't they stop doing it recently? Was that a thing? I I, I can't mm. remember. Rings a bell, but but yeah, I mean, strike. It's yeah. not going to be the most exciting um, cup tournament to watch. I wouldn't have thought. But also, how much more, how much more appetite is there for another? European League. I don't think they get enormous viewing on the on the Europa, right? No, I don't think. Well, so. no, they don't. And, and sorry, just bear with me quickly. It says that the um, I'm looking at this the 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 page on uh, Wikipedia now, calling it a planned annual football club competition, mm. um, and it will serve as the bottom level of the Europa League competition. Um, 
uh, and it will primarily be consisted, uh, contested by teams from lower-ranked UEFA member associations. <laughs> so actually, that is not implying that, that mm. uh, our League Cup sides will be in that competition. Well, uh, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I read that as well before... Uh, before we we got on the pod here, but I, I don't Bit see of how research there, John. I know <laughs> about thirty seconds before. <laughs> uh, I, I don't see how they're going to do that because, of course, there'll be all the member nations that will have a you know uh, uh, an equal uh, an equal right to get a club in that competition. Hmm. It'll be in, it'll be interesting because they will probably want to have. Uh, uh, you know, an English, Spanish, Italian, German, French league side mm. in there, um, just for, for for you know for television revenue. But um, was going back to, um, but they might do this by you know people who don't qualify from the Europa League group stages, then parachute down into it in the same way that happens from the Champions League. Perhaps. Yeah, I was I was just going to say that whether they're going to do the same kind of thing with the Champions League. Um, I really hate that system. Yeah, yep. I don't. It's I don't nonsense. Like it yeah. It devalues the Europa League as a tournament. Yeah, completely. But will the winners of the Europa Conference get a chance to compete in the Europa League the following season? Just like in the Europa League, Mm. your prize for winning it is essentially the next one in the group stages of the Champions League. Yeah, Yeah. maybe, maybe. The the, the the biggest issue for me is um, is the point you were alluding to, Sai, is the. uh, I mean, we've got in the news today. You've got Eric Dyer like bemoaning uh, the horrifying fixture list that yeah. the 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 Spurs have got. Notice that they 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 rarely so he's complaining partly about the Europa League fixtures they've got. Mm. Um, and clubs in the Champions League never complain about the Champions League fixtures that mm. they've got. Um, this will this is just, this literally just more ammunition for clubs like that to complain about their fixture levels. Um, if um, and on top of that, if if it is like league, the League Cup winners that go into that tournament, that will further devalue the League Cup. Literally, the only thing that's keeping any teams even vaguely interested in the League Cup, you know, above kind of mid-table Premier League, yeah. or no, sorry, bottom half of the Premier League, really, is is the possibility of European football as a result of it. Yeah. Um, and you take that away, if you take even mid-tier European football away from the League Cup. Honestly, it's finished. It's absolutely finished. Um, yeah. There's no way that that tournament is going to survive. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a bit mad, isn't it? I don't I don't I don't think anybody's particularly excited about this thing. I wonder which clubs would be excited because that's the thing. It's like you'd think somebody would be pumped about it, but I'm not sure it really gets anybody going. Well, if a if a mid you know mid table Premier League team wins the League Cup and is able to do that, a team that wouldn't normally be able to push up to towards the Europa League places, um, then yeah, you, that, that's pretty, perhaps. That's but pretty I think, good. but I think it's, because there's but, not going to be much money probably coming out of it for them, that that all it's going to be is a bunch of extra games, especially if there's nobody in these stadiums. Like, there's mm. I don't know what's in it for them really. Jono, Jono, winning the FA Cup is a route into the Europa League, mm. and yet you've got middle, lower team, middle, middle of the table Premier League sides are not going to go. They're not going to win anything. They're not going to get relegated. Resting fucking like ten, eleven players every mm. single game they play in in the in the, in the FA Cup. It, they are not interested in playing in the Europa League, um, and so they're they're definitely not going to be interested in playing the Europa League B. 
Mm. Um, it, it's, just, it's just fucking, it's empire building by twats in suits who are sat there bored <laughs> at UEFA and they want, in their next job, they want to turn around and say, here's the legacy I created in my last job when I was a big, important man at mm. UEFA. I created this thing which generated X amount of pounds. It's, it's the same reason you've got Infantino, or whatever his name is, turning the World Cup from 32 teams to 576 yeah, 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 teams. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally just fucking ego boost, so he's got something to put on his fucking CV. Mm. Yeah. Even, even the name, the Europa Conference, sounds like some sort of terrible networking event. <laughs> 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 maybe that's what happened. Maybe there was some sort of UEFA event, and they all nodded off. And someone would say, well, that, that wraps up our Europa Conference this year. Someone, hang on a minute. That gives me an idea. <laughs> Let's do you the could, Europa you could, you could Conference. Have, you can just have like mid, mid-tier Romanian teams wandering around a huge arena trying to pick up three pens from Belgian teams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is entirely plausible, of course, that somebody that would be just... Well, I'd watch that. Just a, it's just, a, there's, a, there's a race on because at the Swiss table, there's some chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a quick aside. Um, does anyone here know who the president of UEFA is currently? Because I didn't, and I've just looked it up. Go on. Anyone? No? So no, no idea. It's a chap that I've literally never heard of called Alexander Seferin. Mm. Has has anyone? The, the name rings a vague bell, but I think it rings a bell probably because I've seen it in relation to UEFA. But mm. but sounds like a Bond loved. villain. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'll tell you. He bloody looks like one as well. He does <laughs> look like a Bond villain. I can confirm. Yeah. yeah. Can't see that, but... And this, right. this UEFA conference is his is his evil empire. Maybe. Right. Well, yeah, get maybe. get your name badges. And your um, <laughs> and your water bottle, and I'll see you at the UEFA conference. We'll see you at the UEFA conference, and then we'll leave it till kind of eleven till the pubs open, and then we'll just sack it off. Yeah, great. We, plan. we, don't, we don't need to go to the seminar on offside. No. We'll just move across the road to the pub. <laughs> That's a beautiful plan. Right, we're going to move on to the news. This is the news. So the 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 biggest news, I guess, of the week, especially in uh, lower leagues, is that is that Macclesfield are done. It's very yeah. sad. Very sad. And all like this has been on the cards with a number of clubs and Macclesfield are are the next in line wound up. And the the sad part is when you start when you look at the numbers, they owe half a million quids worth of of tax, right? And that's effectively what's the, the final blow that's killed them. Mm. And it's not much money, is it? In in like footballing terms. So when you look at what's happening in the Premier League and even the Championship to an extent, it is such a shame that that amount of money has killed that club basically. Yeah, it's um uh, just for clarity. I think it's about 180 grand worth of tax. It's 500,000 pounds worth of debt in total. Okay. Yeah. I think 140 grand of that is back pay owed to a former manager, um, and and potentially also a load of players because they went. They, I know, you know this is I'm not 100 percent sure of the detail on this, but they obviously went last season a bunch of last season not paying players, and they had lots of kind of initial winding up orders in place over some debts and stuff that they had in that respect. So they, they, they've been in trouble for quite a long time financially. Mm. Um, it's not Sol Campbell's not... fault, is it? Huh? It's not Sol Campbell's fault, is it? No, it's not. No, they were fucked before he came oh, along. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, in fact, he... actually, he was sort of their desperation measure, really. They mm. were like, we're, we're fucked. Nobody wants to come and manage us because we're, we're a complete basket case. Um, Sol Campbell's 
game for anything. Well, he, um, he, he, he went. He went in. He went to South End as well, which is a bit of a oh yeah, another, basket, yeah. basket case of a club. Yeah, another. Man. And again, and again, I, I genuinely think it's because he's prepared to work for very little money because yeah. he he was desperate to get on the managerial ladder and nobody was taking him seriously, basically. Mm, yeah. um, but you know, all credit to it. I mean, he did a really good job at Macclesfield. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, he didn't at South End. He did a terrible job, but they were already. Fun. I mean, they were literally the worst football team I've ever seen in my life. And I had <laughs> seen Macclesfield in the conference. Um, but um, yeah, it, yeah, no. So it's not Sol Campbell's fault. Um, but uh, they are. Yeah, they, they, the writing was on the wall for them for, them for a long time. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an enormous shame. I've been up to Macclesfield a few times. We played them in League Two. We also played them in the conference. Um, it's a shit ground, um, but it is, I mean, it's classic um, north of England, lower league, non-league ground. It's kind of got one sort of slightly over large shed with a single banker seating with kind of some really kind of like a kind of a, a see-through perspex side to the stand, oh, nice. um, which is so fucking filthy like you yeah. believe it um it is actually and i think i might be I'm, i don't think i'm getting this wrong this it, it is actually where manu reserves used to play oh really? I think, okay i think yeah um or it might be man city because man you might have been very i can't remember anyway yeah um but yeah anyway it's um it's it's a shame it was uh, a funny place to go um it it's a football club with 140 odd years of history or something stupid like that and it is peanuts uh, the, the 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 what they've what they've gone for in terms of you know it's a, it's a week's wages for a handful of players yeah it's it's absolutely it's absolutely mad um and you know talking of which the other thing that's happened this week slightly related to to the to the Thames Valley was that the Reading's goalkeeper from two seasons ago uh, was a guy that we had on loan from Arsenal called Emmy Martinez, who was amazing and was was just one of our best players that season. Was absolutely brilliant, and we were picking him out at the time and saying this guy should be playing at a much higher level week in week out. And now he's gone for twenty million or something quid uh, from Arsenal reserves to Aston Villa, and that is you know it's it's not a massive transfer, but that's twenty million quid. Mm. For for that level of uh, for that level of player, and it's just mad to think how much money there is at that level compared to what's going on down and killing Macclesfield. Yeah, I mean, look at the amount of money, like you know, that's changed hands for you know, James Rodriguez for him to achieve not very much off mm-hmm. the back of you know one kind of enjoyable World Cup performance and a good yeah. goal. Yeah. Um. And it's Carol and, Carol Paborski situation. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it, that's a frustrating thing. It's, it's just so much money. It's needlessly swimming around in the Premier League because there's so much money. It's literally well, who who can we just spend increasingly spiraling upwards amounts of money on it's it's completely meaningless now they could they could they could shave a zero off absolutely every single transfer every single wage every single outgoing that they have and it would still be high profile and good um and it that money could easily be filtered down to actually kind of provide a safety net for Mm. clubs that are on the absolute fucking brink all of the time yeah yeah, no, it's it's pretty crazy times, and another thing that we were chatting about the other day was um, was another Aston Villa related thing because people were saying that people only go to Aston Villa because no one else wants them. 
which is <laughs> harsh on harsh on Emmy Martinez because he's good. But your your boy Jack Grealish, they, we we do have a, quite a lot of Jack Grealish chat. I would say in general, I think that's just because that's, yeah, he's fun to take the piss out of though, isn't he? I think that's. I don't even really know anything to. about him. He's got a funny haircut. Yeah, he's just a haircut, isn't him. he? He's just a haircut. That's um, that's all he is. But yeah, so he's staying at Aston Villa for five years. Going to make goodness knows how much money. Um, but yeah, so I don't know if anybody else has got any other any other exciting news from the week. Uh, I wouldn't call it exciting, but I do have a a, a nice little stat. So um, in the French league, uh, Montpellier's captain called Hilton. He's a oh yeah, I know Hilton. He's a Brazilian centre back. Um, has just become the first. 43-year-old to play in League League Un for 64 years. Excellent. Not only that, he got sent off. Wow. <laughs> A good lad. Good lad. Just remembers how football used to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 43, that is impressive. Good work, Hilton. They did uh, They did win the game, though, 2-1. So well, there you against, go, Hilton. Against Leon, so. Still making it happen. Still still doing the business. The I guess there's also. one other bit of news to discuss, and mm. that is uh, the return of crowds to football this weekend. Yeah, um, I saw the so, trials, 1,000 people or something. Yeah, so there are 10 games uh, across Championship League 1 and League 2 um, who where they're going to have up to a thousand fans in on a trial basis a bunch of clubs actually put their kind of like you know hands in the air and said would be interested in being part of that trial including oxford mm. um but uh you know classically the government have been you know flip-flopping on exactly what it is they're meant to be doing in terms of any of the kind of procedures on this and then they chose very very late in the day to to give this the green light yeah. um and only a handful of clubs were in a position that they felt com- comfortable and confident in in doing so oxford united interestingly said we could have done it um if push came to shove but they've chosen ultimately not to because they felt the the turnaround time is too short to be able to put the same i mean they've, they've got lots of preparation already done they're already pretty kind of lined up for a lot of their stuff but they felt it would have been too rushed to be doing something that is as important to get right as mm. this uh which in and, and they've taken a little bit of flack from certain knobhead fans but i actually think oxford's approach to this whole thing has been um, it's been immaculate as a club. Um, the the kind of the, the blurb that you've put out about what's going to happen should we and when we um, go back to, to to football is been really good. So anyway, yeah, there's ten games this weekend. One of them, interestingly, is Blackpool against Swindon. Mm-hmm. Um, quite how quite how a thousand Blackpool fans are going to get excited enough about going to going to watch Swindon. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but, but that but that's happening. Um, I'll have a look. I've got the other the other games up here. It'd be funny actually. if they couldn't fill it. <laughs> that would be a damning <laughs> indictment. <laughs> How many get nine hundred and forty? Blackpool do have to be fair quite a few fans, yeah. particularly for, for for League One level. Now, but, yeah. Now. So it's a uh, yeah Borough against Bournemouth in the Championship and uh, Norwich against Preston, and then League One are Blackpool, Swindon, Charlton, Doncaster, Hull Crew. Shrewsbury Northampton and then League Two is Carlisle Southend and Forest Green Bradford. Mm. And I assume it's only home fans, so there's no way Forest mm. Green are managing to get a thousand. No, of. no, exactly. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I am well up for going back whenever the opportunity arises. Well, uh, I mean, one of the things that we've actually got lined up is is that should it be the case, is that Oxford's first game back is um, the first game in October. 
um, theoretically speaking, um, and we've just arranged to go to Yorkshire. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that we is should, true. What, I tell you what we should do. We should do an exchange trip with the lads <laughs> from the Tut Manor yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's right, yeah. We'll switch it up. They Well, you know, don't worry, because it, it's not going to open up, is it, by, by no. then, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, okay, cool. I'm going to move on. Let's talk about what's going on uh, with with Reading and Oxford. I'll give you. I was just going to talk briefly about Reading because we had an interesting uh, start to the season, uh, didn't we, John? We did beating Two. Philip Koku's uh, Derby, Derby County. County. Why do Derby always have to have like a famous manager? What's the deal <laughs> they, with that? They've obviously got one of those chairmen who mm. is just gotta about have a name. kind of the glamour. Yeah, yeah, got to have a name. So Philip Koku's Derby County, who are tipped to be right up there at the top of the championship, and Reading had a very kind of new-looking team and style with a new manager that nobody knows anything about. And we haven't seen any of the players, obviously. We've seen like a little bit of stuff going around on social, uh, but very little information. So managed to watch that game at £10 per game for the iFollow because you can't buy a season pass and they're not doing it as part of a pre-order season ticket or anything. It's very annoying. Mm. I, I, we, I want to get into that in more yeah. detail. Maybe not on this podcast, but that is, from Reading, yeah. absolutely fucking batshit stupid well i'll tell you um, they've just announced just yesterday i think it was uh the pre-season ticket ordering plan so they've just done it so you can put in like a, a small amount that basically guarantees you the seat and you're first in line for any games that do come up and you can buy games as they come then so it's rather than buying a season ticket you're buying the ability to then buy for individual games which is fine and it gets a little bit of money into the club it's not much like 60 quid or something you can get this for but it doesn't include streaming service so even if you get that and you put the money into the club for that you've still got to fork out 10 pound per game which is almost as much you pay for some of the fucking matches to go in person mm. you know on, honestly crazy. so the, the the setup at oxford is uh, they just sold season tickets yeah um and they acknowledge that, that they could never guarantee how or when you would get back into the football ground um and you might not be able to get back into the football ground so mm. buying that season ticket you're t- taking a risk but what you do yeah. get in exchange for that is you do uh, you get the opportunity to support the club financially but you also uh get all of the home games on iFollow for free okay. just okay. as you would get to the game yeah. for free um and um and you are also right there on the list so that when fans start getting let back into ground into grounds it's season tickets holders first yeah, and yeah. it's as simple as that and it just it makes perfect sense and i get and understand there's plenty of people who 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 can't afford to yeah. to spend money on stuff that they they aren't going to go and do um but for people fortunate enough to be able to do so it's it's a wonderful feeling to be able to pay and support the club through what will be one of its most difficult financial times yeah um and um uh, and to do so and to be able to watch the games for free, um, the home games for free, um, and also guarantee my, well, almost guarantee my seat should we start going back to the uh, to the stadium. So yeah. honestly, the, the, the and, I, and I, I was under the impression that most clubs have done that, and mm. that may well be the case. I genuinely think it's insane that, that Reading haven't. Yeah, I really no, it's, it's absolutely mad. Uh, but anyway, so I did fork out the 10 quid to watch that first game, wanted to see the new the new team play. Um and we played really, really well. And Lucas Zhao, our centre forward, who is a you know classic like back to goal kind of big man, but has good skills. He um, 
he he played really really well yet again. He's been he was injured for most of last season, so he's one of those players that we never actually really saw properly. So it feels like a new signing, and we've got a, a young uh, midfielder called Michael Elise who played a few times last year and really looks like a amazing talent. So. It's it's pretty cool, and I have no idea if the manager knows what he's doing. It is a bit like we're going to be in the same situation we were with Jose Gomez, who like tried to play a nice bit of football and got everybody going and was a good motivator and a really nice guy, but couldn't win enough football matches. So it'll be really interesting, but it's it's a promising it's a promising start, and we've got Barnsley at the weekend um, after losing to Luton in the EFL Cup, which I really am not that bothered about to be honest uh, in what looked like they, a very dour game they played the kids oh, they played a yes. so yeah exactly yeah, yeah out yeah. of the Europa Cup forget <laughs> it I'll have to get a separate delegates ticket to turn up yeah maybe I can just do the pre-conference seminars <laughs> one, of, one of the things I, I, I'm, I'm sort of enjoying about Reading is that when we first started doing these podcasts back um however long ago it was now um and we were primarily doing it on kind of the england world cup at that point mm. um reading were the most fucking tedious team in the world not necessarily in terms of style of football but just just the most boring club like there was there was there was you know you had a boring manager with a boring face yeah. and everything was boring but now at least what reading are doing is sacking people left exactly. right and center complete change of squad complete and total turmoil <laughs> nobody has any idea what's going to be what kind of a season we're going to be having this season yeah. Fuck knows? Who yeah. knows? we literally um, don't know I mean, Oh no! Great arc oh, balls. We it's got, it's another relegation season. Oh no, we're shitting. Oh no, hang on a minute, we're charging up the table. <laughs> yeah. So at, at least you've got that element of jeopardy. There's a bit of a surprise. It no, is great. Surprise. I would. Yeah, I'll take it every time compared to the Paul Clement absolute bore fest. <laughs> I mean, anything is worth it. At least with the relegation battle, we had amazing moments. You know, like that's one cool thing about a relegation battle. Matches matter, so you turn up and you get a fucking buzz out of it, and you get to see moments that really matter. Um, so yeah, so it's all it's all good, but it is going to be obviously a bit of a uh, a bit of a shit show yet again. So we'll see see how it is. Um, give us give us an update on on the Oxford sitch, Andy. So, so Oxford, we have uh, start of the season. Uh, we, I mean, we beat um, uh, Wimbledon on penalties in the uh, in the Coca Cola Cup. Um, we uh, first home game of the season, sorry, first league game of the season rather was away at Lincoln. Um, interestingly, like, like Michael Appleton's Lincoln um, have spent not spent a lot of money, but they've they've had a complete re overhaul of their of, of their squad over the summer. And they, they've kind of been more active in the transfer window than anybody else. And Michael Appleton wasn't—I mean, he wasn't kind of out and out, out and out attack as a, as a manager at Oxford United. But but he was kind of quite. There was a front foot element to his to his football. Okay, it was a progressive, forward-thinking football team. His Lincoln City team. Um, I mean, they got an early-ish goal, but they sat back and they locked down and they defended. Now, it's really interesting to know, right, whether or not that's how Michael Appleton is approaching this season for Lincoln City, or whether or not he's looked at Oxford and said that's their weakness at the moment, is, is grinding down defensive teams, and he set up a team specifically to find us out, which is a warning sign, because if lots of other clubs start doing that, we're potentially going to struggle particularly as we looked really, really, really impatient in dealing with that kind of defensive display. But weirdly and frustratingly, last season, we dealt with it really well. 
uh, in times. We were doing that kind of that Gareth Southgate England's thing that we were talking about on the last podcast of kind of set, sitting back, being patient, dragging the opposition out and then making space in behind them, all that. None of that. None of that. We just impatiently sat there and um, and just complete, were completely ineffective against them. And it was a really poor show. Um, the conversely tuesday night so last night in the um uh, in the worthington cup in the second round we uh came up against watford so second string watford side just you know a month or so ago they were playing in the premier league um and we had a, a change side out there as well and we were absolutely fantastic for good chunks of that game um watford came back into it in the second half but the first half particularly opening half an hour or so we completely bossed it now watford gave us a lot more space than lincoln did but there was some really really positive performance from some of our second string sides robbie hall back to some kind of fitness was playing kind of in a central attacking midfield role um and and he was absolutely bossing it there um it uh pr- previously mentioned Derek Oseyor mm-hmm. um looks pretty bright as well uh Joel Cooper uh was fantastic he's the the Northern Ireland winger who's um who's come into Oxford so he he did a really good job um uh who else did Anthony Ford was really good good dead ball stuff it's good to see Elliot Moore being commanding in the center of defense so lots of really good positive stuff from Oxford mm. good progressive football um that kind of reminiscent of the really positive stuff we were, we were playing last season big negative though and um this this was kind of emphasized in the previous game where josh ruffles has picked up a shoulder injury that's put him out for four or five weeks um we've now had uh, john massinio uh is now out for well we don't know but possibly quite a long time and it has suddenly highlighted something that we've been talking about on this podcast before throughout last season um, and lots of fans have been saying is that we have very 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 little defensive cover hmm. and that it and supporters have been making a big point about that it hasn't seemed to be a big issue for the people at the club we were lucky last season because no defenders got injured this season we've suddenly had two defensive injuries and one very nearly three match suspension that was overturned so we've got some serious work to do with the building of our squad in in uh, in defensive areas because we'll be in some trouble for some time if we don't but again don't want to take away from the positives because there was a really 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 good performance other than that interesting stuff i think uh, we're going to learn a lot over the next few weeks it, it does feel like when you can't go to the ground and actually see all the players it does feel quite hard to really get a gauge of what's going on well you feel disconnected and i think that's that that that's kind of obvious that, yeah. that you would if you're not able to go to the ground and see the players live uh, even if even if you're watching uh, online it's not it's not the same experience no definitely not Definitely not. So what we're going to start, what we're going to start to do is we're going to ask uh, our guests, whoever they might be, to give us a view from outside the valley. So I'm going to uh, go over to Graham. What have you got from us from from Blackburn Rovers? Um, I've got a couple of things really. I suppose I can give a an overview of, of how we've started the season and how. I think we'll do, and that'll then lead me on to what I think will probably be the highlights of our season, which sadly won't won't be on the football pitch. Um, <laughs> we started the season, we started the season reasonably well. We've lost two games, <laughs> two, but we've played all right in yeah. those two games. So we we start off away at Bournemouth. So again, you know, a month ago, Premier League team, yes, uh, lost three uh, two to them, but you know, gave a good account of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. We, we put some effort in. That's all you can. <laughs> well done, us. 
<laughs> don't worry about that. The results will come. Um, <laughs> and then last night, uh, knocked out of the League Cup. Again, uh, there'll be no conference for us this year. We will yeah. have to uh, digest it on LinkedIn um, <laughs> by Newcastle. <laughs> uh, again, played, played fairly well. Um, I've got, I got a, a Newcastle mate and um, yeah, he kind of felt that the, the best team uh, failed to make it through. Mm. Um, I think the, the strange thing about, about obviously this season, well, many, many strange things that are going to uh, happen this season, the fact that it's all going to be so so compacted and the fact that there's such a short gap between the two seasons, um, we're, we're a little stretched. We've had uh, probably two key positions last season were filled by loan players. Mm. Uh, so we had a guy, a keeper on loan from Brighton. He's gone back and we had a centre-back from Man City. Both did, certainly... Um, uh, uh, Tosin, the centre-back, did very well. Um, and we haven't really filled those gaps. We, we've signed a keeper. I don't know where he came from. He turned up on a Twitter unveiling <laughs> one day for, for us and that kind of ticked the boxes, as far as I'm concerned, whether he's any good or not. Uh, I get to be seen. But we're, we're fairly light. Um, and we were, we were a pretty inconsistent lot last season. And I think that it's going to be an interesting ride. This season, I don't think it's going to be a, a promotion charge. Um I suspect we'll end up flirting a little bit with with relegation, but could make it make it fairly interesting. Mm. Um, in terms of transfers, actually, the, the, the big bit of interest in the minute is uh, the Martinez transfer to Villa um, has now potentially opened up the option for David Rea, who is the former Blackburn keeper, now of Bournemouth, um, not Bournemouth, Brentford, famously beaten in the playoff final for that. Free kick that made him look a bit silly. Uh, um, Arsenal yeah, are apparently after him, um, and we would get a sell-on fee. So that's 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 our transfer. Uh, nice. we're, we're hoping that Arsenal sign our former keeper, uh, <laughs> so we can get a little bit of money um, <laughs> to uh, to spend. But the, times. <laughs> yeah, the, the most exciting thing for, for this season is um, surrounding the comeback of our our main man. Bradley Dack, yeah. um, not on the football pitch, as I so hope um, will be the highlight of our season. This this is the the launch of Bradley Dack's reality TV show. Um, uh, oh well, God. I say his his show. It is his fiance's show that I suspect he is kind of going along with um, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> for, for a quiet life. <laughs> He loves, he loves um, it though. He's a bit of a haircut, isn't he, old Bradley? So, so, so who's his, who's his, who's his other half? Is it some kind of influencer or something? Well, yes, it is a um, a, a lady called Olivia Atwood. Um, she is famous for being on Love Island. I, I cannot, um, unfortunately, I've never seen Love Island. I get the gist of it, um, <laughs> judging, by, judging by the photos of. That I've, I've, I had to Google um, this and I was dragged down into a, a Daily Mail rabbit hole. Oh, um, oh, so this has been distressing on many levels. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, 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 she looks like a, a Love Island contestant. I'm sure they are very happy together. Um, I was trying to find the name of the show. Uh, here we go. Now, I was kind of hoping there would be a play on words with, with Dak here. Yeah. Um, and he's showing us a picture of it. So, oh, that's what I expected. Yeah. yeah. It's about, yeah. it's about right. Excellent. You know, if if you were to if you were to kind of Google wag, generic wag. Yeah. Um, uh, so so I was kind of hoping the show would be something to do with yeah you know, with Dak, a playing wise of Dak. No, it's called Meets Her Match. 
Um, it will be on that August TV channel, ITVB. Oh, um, exciting <laughs> stuff. Wow. And so I was I was reading about what's been going on with them, uh, again, on the on the Daily Mail website. And there is an article, they're, they're going house hunting. Um, so this is going to be compulsive viewing. Pop down Allen and Harris is a state agent. And, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> get a nice little two-bedroom semi just somewhere. Swiping, swiping away on, on, on right move. Yeah. Um, but um, there, was, there, is, there was probably about a seven or eight page, as you would expect from the Daily Mail, uh, of copy about what she was wearing. Um, <laughs> her jeans were described as distressed. I was distressed <laughs> that. Um, Excellent. And so then at the end of those seven or eight paragraphs, it just said, uh, her fiancé, Bradley Dack, wore a blue polo shirt, uh, shorts and trainers. I mean, this sounds like... Not going to be... This sounds like Bradley Dack. extremely compelling viewing. So I'm, I'm, I'm sure... I'm not quite sure how, how, how the, the producers are, are going to spin it when... When Bradley is away at Wickham, um, and how they're going to kind of add some some glamour to that, you know, a midweek <laughs> tie um, in, that... in in November. Yeah, you know, she, she'll what? be at home, obviously. You know, live live tweeting it. But what what what, what they need <laughs> to do is they need they need to set up a uh, some kind of mid season um, or mid series uh, love affair. With uh, with the sharp jacketed and uh, snakeskin shoed Gareth Ainsworth. Oh, he is a disgrace, <laughs> that boy. There's, he is a disgrace. Well, funnily call... enough, <laughs> our next game is at home to Wickham. There you go. Okay. So it's all set up there. Yeah, it's on. It, it it is be, on. You know, they'll bump into each other in you know, in the in the players' lounge. And uh, yeah, start talking about the, the, the love of uh, of leather pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, moving on. We are going to have a little quiz here, fellas. Oh, what? Yes. I've stolen this from another podcast, and we're going to do it. So the idea is that each week, if Graham's here, we'll use Graham. I'm going to pit Andy versus another person and i'm going to try and pick uh players from either oxford or the other team so in this case it's going to be an ex-blackburn player i'm going to tell you how many clubs they've played for and then you have to tell me of those clubs how many you think you can name now whichever one of you gives me the highest number will then have to name those clubs if they name them they win three points on the board if they can't name them, the other person wins. So, and then I'm going to keep a league table of this, and then we're going to we're going okay. to keep tabs on it. So, the player this week is Damien Duff. Damien um, just be- Duff. Before, be- before we start, yeah. Um, and while Graham cogitates and, ha- and mm-hmm. has a think about his knowledge of Damien Duff, uh, and, and I and I'm up for this. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But um, I just want to warn that. My knowledge of who people are yeah. um, and who they play for is pretty much limited to the current Oxford United <laughs> squad and not even that very well. well so just so we're, just well, so we're clear. Well, okay? just, just so we're clear, that's exactly why I'm doing it, to humiliate okay, you. On, oh, thanks very on, much. On I really the, appreciate on, that. On that's so, <laughs> Damien Duff has played for six different teams. Over the course of his illustrious left-footed career, 
Okay, do I get to start? Who gets you to get start to with put, the bidding? You get to put your bid in for how many of those six clubs you think you can name. Two. Andy's going for two. Graham, do you think you can better two? He's not convinced. I, I, <laughs> I mean, see the look on his face. I can. I can better two. Okay, what are you going to do? How many How many can you do? You're going to go for three? You, I can certainly not... do... I could do four. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Right. The trouble is, he's confident in that. Is he? And that, and yeah, that, until he starts it, saying them. Uh, no, no, he, he said he can do four. He didn't say, I'll go for four. Oh, he's, that was... Okay, so I've just come up with another idea right now. This is how well-researched like and planned face. this is. Um, if, yeah. <laughs> if he hits the number that he says, I'm going to give him the points. But if he can then go on and name all of them without the pressure of, of, the, of the competition, he gets an extra point. So, Graham, name four clubs that Damien Duff has played for. Blackburn Rovers. Is, is correct. <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea, yeah. So, so those are the two I could do. Okay. Those are two. Uh, I believe he had a spell at Newcastle. Correct. I believe he had a spell at Celtic. It's not right. Ooh. It's not right. Ooh. It is not right. I, I was absolutely convinced because not only were you getting them right, but you were actually getting them in chronological order. It was amazing. Do I, I was thinking do of, tra- I, um, of transfer, transfer order. Yeah. yeah, so now, Andy, if do you I can get to name, steal? Yeah, if you can name one more club. Is that how we're doing it? Yeah, that's how we're doing it. Okay. If you can name one more club now, uh, you can steal this and make Graham feel quite the fool. How long have I got? No, very little time. Ten <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Ten seconds. <laughs> well, get a wriggle on, or you've got a film um, with really exciting content. Um, <laughs> um, uh, that's that's um, great. Okay. Uh, all right. Okay. No, quickly. I'm going to do it. I'm going to yeah. do it. I'm going to say uh, Portsmouth. Oh, it's not right. It's. Uh, I'll give you. I'll give you the runner. So you played for Blackburn Rovers, Chelsea, Newcastle United, Fulham. No. <laughs> no. No, he did, Andy. He definitely no. did. Fulham, Melbourne City. <laughs> Oh fuck off! And then finished his career with nine games at Shamrock Rovers. So um, I mean, so all right. So actually, only four football clubs. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> well, Graham, yeah, I, I'm okay. very disappointed. I'm very disappointed. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say as well. I, I was going to throw in their um, Bohemians. I, th- I feel like we signed him as a schoolboy from from Bohemians. Just an extra flex. Amazing, that, tedious I mean, knowledge. I mean, I think you can have half a point if you, if that's true. Mm, uh, yeah, well, I'll check that. I'll check that offline. <laughs> See, <laughs> and I will create this invented league table for next time, Andy. When you we'll, can, we'll uh, circle back. Yeah, well, you can both right. redeem yourselves. Well, right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna finish off the pod with a, with just a nice little cheeky feature at the end here. Kick them up and down the training pitch. Thanks, Roy. Um, so. I just want to finish off. We're just going to have a chat about what's going on in our WhatsApp chat because the group that's like related to the pod has uh, a, a chat that is pretty much constantly flowing with absolute nonsense. Uh, and and so what have we had this week? I think, as usual, it's primarily a sort of snack-related situation. <laughs> I mean, it is often very <laughs> snack-heavy. Mm, yeah. So um, what's been on the chat? There's some, some giant snack lads. What, giant Watsits. Yes, I still haven't had these, right. but somebody posted a picture mm. of a giant Watsit, like spicy giant Watsit, and I am, I'm, I'm, I'm up for that. I'm. I'm I've got content. I've got okay. content. Go on. I've got content. So the 
the giant what's it mm-hmm. um it's been around for a while right it's been around for a while and it's it's a reasonably big hitter i think it's it's a de- it's a decently sized high cheese snack um mm. but what it's a, what it's now dabbling in, in in trying to do is it's trying to dabble in what uh, in in competition with what is the literally and there's no arguments in this. Literally, the greatest snack food that that exists. Big shout. Um, and it is an Australian. It is an Australian crisp, which is called Cheezels. Okay. Cheezels. And Cheezels come. You can get them in bags, but primarily they come in basically what is a uh, a cereal box sized carton. Okay. <laughs> wow. Um, and and they are they they're kind of big, kind of like. Like what's it? It's like maize hoop, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. kind of maize kind of snacks, and but they're in big hoops. They're like giant, rig, really big, chunky kind of hula hoops, oh, yeah. but made yeah. of what's it kind of material. But they're slightly more dense than what's it. Okay, and you can put them on the end of each of your fingers. <laughs> and honestly, if like if a, if a cheesy what's it on a on a cheese scale of not cheese snack scale of not yeah. to ten yeah. is on maybe a six. Mm-hmm. Um, the cheesel is nine or ten. Wow! Absolutely. And, and can you, you can get, get these? them imported? Can you get these? Oh, okay. You can get them imported into this country. Uh, there's a great, con- a great shop, online shop. I say it's great. I've only ever bought one thing from them called cheesels. Um, <laughs> but it's a, it's a website on the. It's called sansa.co.uk or something okay. like that. Um, anyway, Sansa, I think it's called um, S A N Z A or S A. Um, anyway, and they do cheesels, and they cost way too much money to have them imported <laughs> but uh they are yeah. fucking incredible mm. and as much as i like a cheesy what's it the cheesel pisses all over it and why would you why would you eat pissy what's it why would you <laughs> why, why would you indeed um what one other one other quick thing from the chat um if you all remember, we uh, we uh, slightly gleefully pointed out that PSG, after three games, are in the relegation zone with only a single point. <laughs> really amazing. Uh, so this is this is actually related to uh, a load of players basically going on holiday before the season started, uh, and obviously not social distancing and managing to get to get coronavirus, and as a result, <laughs> they were. For the first three three se- uh, three games, they've uh, been missing uh, seven or eight first team players, and they're Brilliant. and they're big players. So and and also in the second game that they played, uh, Neymar got sent off. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, we take brilliant. we take absolutely no joy in seeing them play. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I was surprised that Neymar wasn't one of the players who was off, but yeah. there actually there's absolutely no way that man has friends. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that boy, that boy. Right, well, I think that brings us uh, to the end of of this week's pod. It's been very, it's been very, very nice. Thanks for having, uh, thanks for having us. Why do I say that? Yeah, thanks, John. Thank you. Thanks, uh, thanks, G-Man. Thanks for having me. And thanks, Andy, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been all right. Yeah, it's been all right. And we'll see you next time on The Thamesman. Is Bradley Duck any good? He's very good.
He is good. <laughs> uh, he is our talisman. Whether, whether he's good TV material, you tell me. 